are a people who we are built for fellowship and community, but we become tribal even in our own churches. And so when we are tribal in any way, in any way, we are defining ourselves as in or out of a group. And then we're defining others as in or out of a group. And if you draw that line, people feel it. Right now it's acute. How can we prayerfully and and radically build bridges instead of walls? This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our look at apologetics and evangelism as Holly and Kathy continue to discuss Holly's book and accompanying video series, Searching for God. Study with Friends uses long-form programming, and this episode is a part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. There's truth that we have in Christianity and the biblical um, revelation of who God is. We have access to an important eternal truth. But if we say or even come across, if the spirit of our conversations is, I'm right, let me fix you. Mm -hmm. No one wants to be somebody else's project. But that's often how we will come across. Like, let me tell you the gospel so you can get fixed. Yeah, I think it's much more powerful. And I think this is what you're saying about the beauty. It's much more powerful if we can say, I'm broken. Let me tell you how I got fixed and I'm continuing to get fixed yeah. every day. Healed. Mm-hmm. Fixed might be a bad word, but healed. And that opens, that is a conversation starter. And let me fix you is it, or let the Bible fix you yeah. or let me tell you how the Bible's going to solve your problems is a conversation stopper because the implication is you think that something's wrong with me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But there's something wrong with me too. Yeah. And um and that's I think the disarming mm-hmm. of vulnerability and transparency and honesty and humility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you meant by the beauty. Yeah. So you you said about Westboro Baptist, which if anybody doesn't know what Westboro Baptist is, it's the people who carry signs and yell at people. Mm-hmm. On behalf of God. On behalf of God, I'm mm-hmm. here quoting. Obviously, that's a super problematic witness to um, the gospel, but there's a spectrum of problematic witnesses. Mm-hmm. And what you just said was Westboro Baptist Church is bad, but my church is good. And um, that is really uh, another element of humanity that is pervasive and problematic, which is tribalism. Mm-hmm. So we want to feel like the place where we exist. And the spaces where we exist are the ones that are good and right. That's pervasive. Yeah. And it is pervasive. Um, I mean, right now it's acute. Um, we are tribal. Uh, tribalism has been inextricably linked with identity. So I might identify as some political position. Mm-hmm. I might identify as some sexual orientation or a gender or uh, or a faith or a um, a person like 
oh, I I work for Habitat, Habitat for Humanity every weekend. Like that's a tribe. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, we are a people who, who are built for community. See our Old Testament study for the whole developing of that. We are built for fellowship and community. And we seek it wherever we can find mm-hmm. it. And so I know that what I'm saying has to resound in a million ways with a, a million different directions you could take tribalism. Yeah. But we become tribal. We talked about this a little while ago, even in our own churches. And so when we are tribal in any way, in any way, we are defining ourselves as in or out of a group. Mm-hmm. And then we're defining others as in or out of a group. And if you draw that line, people feel it. What about, what does this resound with what you're saying? Yeah. What are some ways that you've seen tribalism uh-huh. interfere with delivery of the gospel? Well, one, I just did a blog about it. Oh, great. So, <laughs> last week, the blog was released about same. Yeah, but this sim- will air. Similar idea. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. There this is a blog. Right. There is a blog. <laughs> What's uh, it called? Uh, it is called. Where do I belong? Where do I? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's called Where Do I Belong? <laughs> Forgot. Uh, and yes, tribal. Oh, it's. It's so pervasive and it's so damaging and yes, it's yet it's so comforting, mm-hmm. right? Because we all want to belong yes. to a community mm-hmm. and yet that belonging to a community immediately then in our sinful nature, brokenness, ostr- ostracizes another community. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus says, and this is what's so beautiful about our faith, is Jesus says, nope. You are one, right? You are one under me. You're one. And that is, it's a difficult thing to manage because we find differences in other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for us to connect in a community with those other people that have different tribal Why is that hard, do there? you think? Let me back it up. Why do you think that people, why do you think we are wired or, um, extremely have extreme propensity for community why do you think people want to feel like they are a part of a community what's the fundamental need that's getting filled there the desire to not be alone yeah another way i would say that is safety yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and of course i notice it more in this generation they're more and more alone mm-hmm. and and their tribe is social media which is scary but or they're just looking yeah for a tribe i mean i the, you know, okay, I'm not going to. I look for that. a tribe because I feel, I feel like I don't belong in the tribe that I'm in, mm-hmm. and so if I feel like I'm judged or someone doesn't like me, then I, I want to find the place where I, I got to find the place where they do right, and and I consider myself in a bunch of different communities because I am a, am athletic, but I'm not. Um, so just one of my tribes. I'm athletic, but I'm not. Um, sporty. I can't. I'm not sporty. <laughs> So people look at me and they think I'm sporty. I am not sporty. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't play a sport. I can't hit a ball, <laughs> but I can do a hundred push-ups. So, so I don't fit in. I don't fit properly in that tribe. So, so sometimes I feel like I'm out of the tribe. But funny enough, a guy said to me in my spin class yesterday, I was joking. A friend invited me to his football game, and I said, I can't wait to not come to your house and watch that game. <laughs> Because, because I'm, I'm just I'm not going to watch football. And this one guy in the back said, oh, my God. He had met me not that long ago. He said, oh, my gosh, you were up here, and now you're down here. Oh. And he was joking, of course. But 
I thought, oh, I need to watch sports. I've been right? rejected from my tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because I don't watch sports, which has been a, a joke forever. But now it was like used to, oh, it that just hurt you. Hurt. Yeah. And uh, and again, I know he was joking, but it still it still hurts. So we because because there's a standard, there's right. a stamp. Yep. For this tribe. Yeah. And everybody has to fit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even as believers, we all try and fit into. And I, I'm sorry I use that word. I know it's a very Christ, Christian word. But even as Christians, we try and fit into a certain tribe. Mm-hmm. And I've made it sort of a mission, not necessarily a mission. It's kind of just as floated to the surface that I relate with other tribes now mm-hmm. in my Christianity, that I don't want to hold myself just to an evangelical free biblical community mm-hmm. because there's passion in a Catholic community. Mm-hmm. There's passion in a Presbyterian community. We are different uniquely in some of the ways that we view certain verses, mm-hmm. let's just say, but we all love Jesus. Yes. And there and and how can I not look at what my other tribe friend is mm-hmm. doing and say they're doing it because they love Jesus. Yeah. Right. And right. so that's the, so that's my tribalism. And if we have to stretch ourselves to overcome the gaps between denominations, how much more do we have to stretch ourselves to overcome the gaps between believers and non-believers? Yeah. But we are called to do that. We are. To Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. That's what we're called to do. Be my witness to Judea and Samaria and all the ends all the nations. Man, you're just talking about being a witness to each other inside the church. Mm-hmm. I could tell you that even inside individual churches, there's often disunity. Right. right. Yep. How can we prayerfully and and radically build bridges instead of walls? Right. And that's what that, that is what we're called to do. I, I I mean, how the how is really big. I think prayer is is huge. And again, looking at the sin inside of ourselves, have we become a tribal community? Mm-hmm. And have you have you turned away from someone else because you believe that your tribe is right and there's no room? Yeah, and and for I anything guess, else, I guess it's fear in us too. Yeah. Because if I entertain your ideas, I'm afraid they will disrupt my ideas. That's true too. And then if they disrupt my ideas. Am I ejected from my tribe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really a simple way. And we just have to be braver than that. Because Jesus says to do it. So it's not even that he calls us to do it in the New Testament. But if you read in the book of Acts, he actually has them doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he takes Peter at one point and says, Peter, now it's time for you to go outside of your community. That had to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. It had to be so uncomfortable for him. He was resistant. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I can't blame him. It. It is painful to do so. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. But a great example that you're giving is the early disciples Mm -hmm. were great evangelists because God dragged them out of their comfort zone and they, and they said, where you go, Lord, I will follow. That's hard, but we're called to do it. Yep. The last problem is the cost of discipleship. And a lot of people look from the outside and think that 
Um, in fact, one of the people in the Man on the Street interview said, Christianity is just rules and regulations. It's just bylaws and restrictions. And, um, and that is a perception that, um, that Christianity, when, when you become a Christian, life is over. Fun is over. Enjoyment is over. Um, I don't know. You have to become a monk or something. I don't even know. And um, people don't, we don't effectively communicate that the change in our lives is a response to the gospel, not a preparation for receiving the gospel. Yeah. We're not cleaning ourselves up so that we're worthy. Because Christ called us worthy and we know that we're not, we just beg him to keep doing the work of sanctification sanctification is a bible word yeah. of cleaning us up yeah and making us more like him and uh that gets lost in translation and um again i think it gets lost in translation a lot because of the vehicle that communicates it mm -hmm. which is you got to get your life together yeah, you have to do this you have to do that i i, I want to share a, a Great. Small story. Yes, I love a small story. A, uh, and I don't want to give too many details because it's not my story to tell, but a family member was just saved. And uh, the conversion, I'm actually jealous of mm. because the cost of discipleship, which I sometimes struggle with, it didn't seem to even be an issue for this mm. person. This person went from, in a month, went from, not understanding, not knowing anything, not believing. It's a younger person to wearing a cross necklace at oh, school. I'm so excited. And uh, wearing a sweatshirt that says faith on it and openly talking about um, the faith, their faith. And wow. It, I'm jealous of it. Why? Because, because in my family, it was hard to uh, talk about anything. It was something, not that I kept hidden because I was open about it, but not just expressed so easily. Mm. And this person is expressing it so easily. And uh, and in a way, I'm jealous of it. Mm. And I love, I'm so excited. But so I'm, exciting. I, I'm, also, I'm also just jealous of, of the ease in which they develop their faith. Because do you think that this generation has that lubricant, so to speak? And I'll, I'll, I'll develop my idea. Because this generation is so affirming to each other and saying you have the right to be whatever you want to be, when they uncover Christianity, they feel like they have a safe Maybe, culture yeah. to say, this is what I am. Yeah, it, could, it, it definitely could be. And I think that that is, would be a huge positive yeah. in, uh, in the generation. And, and I do appreciate that, that, yeah. that we accept differences a little bit yeah. better. We. Uh, maybe not accept differences, but we definitely um, talk about differences mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. in this generation than we ever did. I think we accept differences. Yeah. I think we accept way more than we yeah. did in my generation, our yeah. generation. Way more. Yeah. I mean, I talk to my kids all the time about, like, there was stuff that was not okay in our generation that's completely okay in their yeah. generation. Even as much as tiny a thing as tattoos. Right. I still am a little stuck on that. Mm -hmm. My kids have tattoos. They're both girls, which is, listen, a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, my husband has a tattoo. Somehow that's fine. Right. I've had to examine the whole my whole worldview on tattoos because I was raised in, like, don't do that. Yeah. That's not, this kind of person doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. 
it's not true anymore. Um, and so this acceptance of like all the expressions and all the things, maybe that, maybe there's some yeah. benefit to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. I'm excited to hear about that. Cause I knew that was brewing. That's great. Okay. So, um, many problems people have, um, bumps they have to get over. But at the end of the day, um, the bottom line of Christianity is the resurrection of Christ. Okay, so we do we did a lot of work coming up to this. Um, sometimes in a conversation, I will come straight at it. And when people are like, well, why do you think Christianity is the only way? I will say, because I believe that the resurrection of Christ is pivotal in Christianity's foundational structure. And the resurrection was testable and historical and true. So if it's true, then it gives me a scaffolding to hang every other bit of the belief system on. Mm -hmm. If it's not, then it's not. Then Christianity is defunct. But if it's true, and it's testably true, historically testably true, testably, testable, whatever, (laughs) then it has to affect everything else that's in the Bible. It has to. So sometimes I'll just go right for that because I think it's important that people understand our faith hinges on the resurrection. Sometimes I don't. Uh, But so to build towards that, remember at the beginning of this series, we talked about how the book is shaped in a way and the series is shaped in a way that is actually a model for how to walk most Mm -hmm. people to the end point, which is the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can actually have a full multi-year relationship with someone walking them through these things and getting to the resurrection without ever opening the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds crazy. Right. You should open the Bible at home. Yeah, for sure. But in front of them and with them, maybe not that, you know, look for the opportunities. Thank God. A lot of us have our Bible on our phone. So even if you didn't bring it with you to the coffee shop, you'll have it accessible. If, if the Lord opens a door, naturalism being there is no God. We mm-hmm. talked about that and we dealt, we, we spent a lot of episodes on that. I'm not going to deal with it, but then getting someone to admit it's possible. There is a God. If there is a God, has he revealed himself to us in any meaningful way? Then you may have conversations about relativism, pluralism. Is there a God? If there is a God, has he revealed himself to us? Has he revealed himself to us in absolute truth, in the moral code that our society, that every human has wired into them? Has he revealed himself to us in that way? Has he revealed himself to us in any special way, like scriptures? If so, which ones? So then you've got your pluralism conversation. So I'm journeying. I'm doing a recap here. If he's revealed himself to us in the scriptures of Christianity, what are some of the road bumps that we will experience in getting people past? Yes, there is a God. Yes, he has revealed himself. Yes, the God of the Christian Bible is the God that is true. um, And that's when we land on the resurrection. So what do you think about what I just said? Is that a journey that seems plausible? Yeah, for sure. Can you think across most of the people in your life and see a place where you could scoop them up on that journey? Yeah. 
Okay. Are there any holes? No, not that I can think of. Okay. We should come back. Maybe, yeah. maybe what we'll do next is um some role playing yeah. stuff. Like here's a person and here's what here's how we would apply this. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that with okay. the group. Um because I don't want to just assume there are no holes for anybody and, and sure. this will be a good right. conversation for us to really put um the rubber to the road. Mm -hmm. At a certain point you have to arrive on the resurrection. If we believe the God of the Bible is the true God who revealed himself through his word and through his son, there has to be a basis for that. And that basis is the resurrection. So I really think a useful tool is, um, it's called the minimal facts argument. Um, I want to go through it uh, because I think it's really helpful and I love to teach it any opportunity I get because I think it's super practical for people to understand. It's on page 117 of the book, but it's also in the preceding pages. Um, and I, all throughout, I've given um, some additional resources. I believe that when it comes to the historicity, meaning the historical truth, mm -hmm. of the resurrection, I believe Gary Habermas is the present-day authority on the historicity of the resurrection. So his name is spelled Gary, G-A-R-Y, and the last name is H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S, Habermas. He's quoted throughout the book. Um, I think there's a bibliography in the back of the book that talks about all the sources that were used. Um, yeah, so recommended for further reading on page 172. He's number three. The Historical Jesus, Ancient Evidence for the Life of Christ. Um, and he he's also in the video. He's the guy with the beard. And oh, he might not be the only guy with the beard, but you'll find him. And all the people in the video have their little name on the yeah. screen. So, so he talks about um, all of the historical. It's very interesting, Kathy, because people think that um, the resurrection is really just a spiritual mm -hmm. idea. It is a historical truth. And I, I find it so energizing to be able to affirm that because it helps people of all ilks, all kinds of people can meet up in that, in that space. The spiritual people, the people who think he was a prophet, the people who think um, they only believe in what's testable, mm -hmm. like the scientist kind. Yeah. You can meet a lot of people in this place of the historical truth of of christ's life death and resurrection it's a very slim number of academics who think jesus never lived okay so we pretty much dismiss that mm -hmm. academically almost everybody recognizes that christ was a historical figure so there's a lot of work there Go look at it if you're curious. But then the thing is, did he die on a cross? Very widely accepted. The bottom line is, did he actually come back to mm -hmm. life? Okay, because that's crazy. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs>
and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.